Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm your co-host, John McComb, and it's my pleasure to join Lori Pinkowski every two weeks to talk about financial and estate planning, travel, hobbies, and so much more. Whether you are planning for retirement or already living your retirement dreams, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. And Lori, the season of giving is upon us once again. About 30% of all charitable donations are made in December, and 12% of them come in the final three days of the year. Being charitable can mean several things for many Canadians. It's supporting causes or organizations you care about via donations and financial means. For others, it may be contributing your time through volunteering. That's right, John. Knowing you are helping others can really make you feel happier and more fulfilled yourself. You know, charities a nonprofit organization enrich the lives of thousands of people in our communities every day. Without these organizations, there would be not a lot of help for sick children, homeless shelters, literacy programs, mental health and support programs, arts and culture programs. So charitable giving can be a powerful way for you to create an impact on the causes that matter to you and those around you. So today on Ready, Set, Retire, we'll discuss the importance of charitable giving and the benefits associated with it. We will talk about how to choose worthy causes to support, how investors can benefit by making charitable donations, the difference between donating cash and other assets, and the importance of planning your charitable donations. So, Uh, How can someone get started and choose a worthy cause to support, Lori? One of the best ways to give is to seek out a personal connection and really do your research when it comes to choosing a charity to get involved with. You know, find something that feels close to you and aligns with what you're passionate about. Find an organization that is a match to your history and values and will make you more engaged in the organization and allow you to really contribute, not just money, but also time. I talk a lot about volunteering and and such. Make sure it's an organization that you want to be involved with long term. I think it's better than switching charities from year to year. You become more engaged when you're there longer term and involved in maybe just one or two charities instead of five or ten. Charitable donations reflect our values and commitment to our communities and really does make a difference to those needing those various organizations. And for me, I've talked a lot about Ronald McDonald House and I'm on the board now. And why did I become so close to this particular charity? I mean, the work they're doing to me is just amazing. Helping families stay together when children are undergoing treatment. And for me, I guess it was when I became a mother, understanding what that could feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. how a child's diagnosis could affect your life. And if you didn't have money to stay close to BC Children's Hospital, you know, where would you go? And how do you keep siblings together while they're going through something as devastating as that. And so I started one year just going over to the golf tournament with my team, getting involved that way, uh, helping raise money, and then year over year getting more of an understanding of what's involved at Ronald McDonald House, music therapy. They have Panda Picnic where the kids are learning about what's happening to them in terms of, you know, every time they go to the doctor. They have stethoscopes and they're performing kind of doctor's appointments with the panda bears 
just, again, so they get a better understanding. And so just coming into Ronald McDonald House for me is a place of hope. And so therefore, I wanted to become more involved. And, and so that's what I've done. And everybody may have their own passion about what they choose. And, and so it's just important to me that it's not just about money sometimes, but it's also about donating time. This goes back to, you know, vetting charities and deciding which one you want to support. That requires some research. So how do people go about doing that? Yeah, you know, it's important to look at how a charity runs. Is it well managed? Is it well known? Are there controls in place to prevent wrongdoing and misuse of contributions? Obviously, that would be a big one. A lot of charities have members of the board that may look at risk associated with the charity and make sure everything's in check. The financial health and commitment to transparency is really important in a charity. The percentage of donations used towards the charity's programs, this is a big one. The average percentage of donations used towards the charity's programs should be anywhere probably between 65 and 75%. And that may vary depending on the charity. And also, if a charity has this information on their website, they're trying to be transparent about what they do without you having to ask those questions. And that's also a good sign. And you could Google search charities to see what people are saying about them. However, again, don't believe everything you read, of course, online. But you want to do your research if you're going to get truly involved with any organization. Yes, absolutely. So how can investors benefit by making charitable donations? Well, aside from the joy of giving, of course, you can also benefit financially by making charitable donations. So when you donate to a registered charity in Canada, you, of course, are going to receive a tax receipt for your donation. And your receipt can then be submitted with your annual tax return to receive a tax credit. And again, a tax credit is different from a tax deduction. A tax deduction reduces taxable income on which tax is calculated, like an RSP contribution is what I'm referring to there. A tax credit reduces the taxes payable. So charitable donations result in a non-refundable tax credit, meaning you need to owe tax to benefit from the tax savings. So again, if you're one of those people out there that doesn't have any tax that you owe, then in terms of the financial aspect of giving, that it may not be uh, the right strategy for you. However, you should always be giving if you can. Right. Absolutely. So how much uh, tax credit can you receive from making a charitable donation? Yeah, there are two charitable tax credit rates for both the federal government and from the provinces. And any eligible amount you give, over $200 qualifies you for a higher rate. So if you live in BC and and donated $1,000 to registered charity. The federal charitable tax credit is 15% on the first $200 and 29% on the remaining $800. So the federal tax credit is therefore $262 for every $1,000 donated. The provincial charitable tax credit is about 5% on the first $200 and about close to 17% on the remaining $800. So what that results in is a tax credit of $144 for every $1,000 donation. So combined, that's just over $400 for every $1,000 donated. So again, it's it's worth donating, obviously, over $200. Many people do. Many of our clients do, of course. Uh, they're trying to reduce taxes payable. You can also maximize the tax credits by pooling both spouses' donations and reporting them on one spouse's tax return. So that's also important to know. A lot of people don't realize that. And generally, it's preferable for the higher income spouse to claim the credit if they can. So again, that's uh, something to look at in terms of tax strategies. 
So is there a limit on how much you can claim for your charitable donation? Yeah, there is a limit, actually. You know, each year you can't claim a credit for donations exceeding 75% of the net income reported on your tax return, except for donations of ecologically sensitive land and certified cultural property. The claim is not limited to a percentage of your net income. So how they come up with those two <laughs> rather than anything else, that's the government for you, right? Just picking and choosing out there. You know, you don't necessarily lose out on your tax break if you exceed the 75% limit since donations can be carried forward for up to five years. So that's also something that people may or may not know. So that means you can make a large donation now and claim the full credit as time goes by while still subject to that 75% limit in the year claimed. On the year of death, the 75% limitation is increased to 100% of the donor's net income for the year of death and the preceding year. So note that any donations carried forward would expire, of course, if you pass away. But this is important because of the age group I'm dealing with. Unfortunately, we're dealing with a lot of people and estates. And if we can reduce a tax bill by donating to charity, especially if there's only one spouse left, or sometimes if people don't have children, there can be reasons to donate a large amount to charity. And so some people include that, of course, in their will. And that's something you, you want to think ahead about and what's charities. And just remember, if you do name a charity or various organizations in your will and throughout the years you decide you want to change that, make sure that you change it in your will, right? Because a lot of people kind of forget which organizations they've named possibly, if they've changed their ideas over the years. And you just want to make sure that's updated in case anything happens to you. Okay. Is there any difference between donating cash and some other kind of asset? Yeah, if you don't donate an investment, so stocks, mutual funds, exchange-traded funds, or any other capital assets that have appreciated in value, you can get a donation receipt for the market value of the donation. And there's an additional benefit to donating those kinds of assets that have gone up in value. So capital gains doesn't apply for those donations, which is great. So let's say you bought a stock many years ago in a non-registered account and it's appreciated or some of our clients who have inherited stock from many, many years ago and you know they could have a massive capital gain on something like that and we sold that and made the charitable donation in cash, then you're going to be subject to that capital gain of that stock, for example. And the charity would only receive the proceeds of the sale. But if you give the stock directly to the charity or donate the stock to the charity, then the charity can receive the total value of the stock and you wouldn't have to pay the gain from a tax perspective. You would also get a charitable tax receipt for the full value of that asset. So it's a win-win situation. This is why I usually don't recommend donating cash whenever possible because it's much more efficient for people to donate stock. And so we're able to take care of that on our team. So somebody says, you know, I want to donate $2,000 to this charity. We take a look at their positions, their stocks, which are up the most. And then we actually come up with the recommendation of which stock to donate and do the paperwork and send it to the charity for them. So it's a very easy process. So the charity doesn't have to go Oh, I've, you know, we've just received uh, 500 shares of XYZ Corporation. 
what are we going to do with these? So, you know, they still will receive the stock and they choose usually to sell it. But the ease of the transition is very simple just because of that. We're doing the form for that. But again, they're getting the full amount of that donation where if somebody was donating a stock that was up and they had to sell it first, they're going to maybe keep some money back for the capital gains that they owe on that stock. So it is a win-win situation for the charitable organization as well as for the investor. So it sounds like donating securities is the best way to go. So is there an, an easy way for investors to donate their securities? Yeah. So for example, at Canaccord, we offer something called a charitable impact account. And This is what's called a donor advised fund. In other words, you can manage all your charitable giving from one account. And this is for generally people who are going to be donating quite a bit of money. So they could have sold a piece of property. They could have sold a business. And some people are donating 50, 100,000 or more, or they want to start a foundation is another reason why you would have a, a charitable impact account. And so When you add money to that sort of account, you're making a donation to CHIMP, which is Charitable Impact, a registered charity, and they issue a tax receipt. And so you're able to donate a full amount in one year, but actually decide over the years where you want it to go. So this is, again, important for someone who's going to have a huge tax bill, for example, in any given year because of usually the two reasons that I just said. One is a sale of real estate. Number two is the sale of a business. And so they're able to reduce their overall tax bill significantly by donating to charity. So sometimes they're not sure where they want to donate so much money to, or if they want it all to one or two organizations, or they want to donate it actually throughout the years, but they need that tax receipt in that given year. And so that, again, is why somebody would use an account such as Charitable Impact. And again, also creating a foundation to support a variety of causes. It can be kind of costly and time-consuming to do that on your own as a family if you're trying to create a family foundation. And you can donate to your Charitable Impact account on an annual basis, too. So it doesn't have to be one and done. You can continuously use it. There are a lot of families that are using accounts like that as well to help organize their charitable giving. There are a lot of people who are very charitable, of course, but uh, maybe they don't always consider planning their donations as part of their retirement or estate plan. So how important is it to include giving to charity in a financial plan? Yeah, you know, as you and your family consider your charitable objectives, an important part of the decision-making process will include you know, how much and if you will be making charitable gifts throughout your lifetime and or on your passing. And so charitable giving should be tailored to, of course, your set of circumstances, but often we're including that in a financial plan. So if somebody is donating a certain amount to charity every year, we include it in their retirement plan because it is cost and expense, but also the program can actually calculate the tax deductions that you're going to get in the future as well, the financial planning software that we use. So that's important. So you want to consider your age, the amount of money you're going to need to continue your own lifestyle and to meet family obligations. And then from that perspective, think about the tax that you could be owing in the future and figure out, you know, what is that amount that maybe you should be giving to charity. And this is where a tax financial estate plan really can consider the strategy of giving and incorporate that over 5, 10, 15 years or more. 
Because a lot of people are givers, John, and not everybody talks about it is what I've noticed. I sit down in a meeting and I had no idea they were so involved with this organization or that organization or they've been giving for, you know, 10 plus years. And so often that is part of the conversation of a financial plan. And then in terms of estate planning, again, just making sure that if somebody does want to leave money to charity, not just that they do leave it obviously named in their will and how much, but also sometimes it's a good idea to mention to your other beneficiaries if you're comfortable and you have open communications, such as you know your adult children, that you're going to be leaving 5% to this charity or 10% because they might be surprised uh, once uh, the, the news comes out. So so not that you have to, it's your will, it's private, but sometimes that open communication, in my experience, has helped the ease of the transition in terms of estate. Yeah, because you don't want to be surprised when, you know, your dad's given 75% of everything he had to the Kiwanis Club. Or, or, or like, like <laughs> Bill Gates, right? I think that's what he ended up doing, right? <laughs> not to the Kiwanis Club. But, you know, I mean, he left, he's leaving uh, the majority to the foundation, I guess. And so, I mean, everybody's different with how they choose to leave their estate and who to. But I find more and more people are including charitable organizations because a lot of parents are realizing that their children, when they inherit, may have more liquid assets than they ever did. And the reason that is happening is because their principal residence in Vancouver is worth so much money. So even if they have one, two, five million invested, they may have a home that's worth two, three, four million. And so now their kids are all of a sudden inheriting $10 million that they never had. And so then they go, you know what, that's a lot of money to be given away. And so then they think maybe I should be including some of the charitable organizations that are close to my heart. And then they end up including that in their will as well. It's an excellent point because it's almost uh, you don't realize until later in your life that you might have amassed a pretty tidy sum of money there. And then all of a sudden, if you pass and your kids, you know, somebody drops $10 million in their lap, you, you know, it's like, yes. hmm, wait a second. Well, yeah, well, it, it always depends on the adult children and their ability to manage yeah. money to yeah. be, you know, I mean, a lot of adult children have gained good values from their parents, of course, but there are certain circumstances where that may not be the case. Mm -hmm. And again, then there's trust and all sorts of things. But that's why the financial and estate planning is just so important to what we do with clients. You know, it's managing money day to day. That's what we do. Markets are looking up, by the way, everybody. So that's obviously positive. Uh, we've had the best November in a century. So all of that... What? Yes. All of that correction that we had in September, October has since been replaced with uh, positive returns. And that was to be expected. You know, when I did that conference called John uh, a few weeks ago, and I was talking about the Fed pausing, good earnings, inflation coming down, should set the stage for a fourth quarter rally. Literally the next day after that conference call, the market started to move higher and has since just continued. And I feel like this is, again, um, a really important rally because breadth is increasing and more companies are being part of this rally where previous rallies over the past year and a half that have fizzled out, really it was like technology ran and nothing else. This time you have utilities and banks and telecommunications and everything is moving in the same direction. And that's really what you need for a sustainable rally and recovery. And I think we're going to see that continue into next year. So that is uh, the good news on, on a side note. <laughs> <laughs> so the old crystal ball is still working is what you're telling me that's that's it, pretty it, great it, 
Yes, it did, and, and, and <laughs> continues to do so. So I always say bear markets don't last forever, and when that change comes, it comes swiftly. You know, when people least expect it. Yeah. And so, uh, so we're happy to report that markets are strong, and uh, they look to continue onwards and upwards. Actually, sounds great. Now, having the power to improve the lives of others is also great, and it's a privilege, and it comes with additional benefits of reinforcing your personal values while helping the people who need it most. Many people give to charity on a regular basis to support the causes they believe in or to give back to organizations that had a positive effect on their lives. And if I might just note, I was mentioning to you off-air that I hosted a couple of hours of the CKNW Kids Fund Pledge Day the other day. And it's amazing how many people, when they grow older, are giving more money back to the Kids Fund, money that their parents might have received when they were kids to help them through whatever challenges they have. So it's, you know, what do they say? Whatever goes around comes around. So it's true. That's, you a, know. that's a good point. It is a really good point. And even with Ronald McDonald House, um, I had recently learned that one in four Canadians knows somebody or has used the services of Ronald McDonald House. So again, if organizations like that and Orphans Fund don't exist, many kids would not be helped the way that they need help. So I think that's really important. Absolutely. So no matter where you are in life, donating to charities can obviously be deeply rewarding. And again, I encourage you to do so for the cause that you're passionate about. And then also just keep in mind that there is a financial aspect to it. It will help your tax situation as well come the end of the year. And again, this is something that should be kind of incorporated into your long-term financial plan if you are a giver. And you probably don't have to wait until three days before the end of the year. Uh, would you recommend spreading out donations throughout the year? Yes, throughout the year. Um, <laughs> definitely. I, I also uh, give money to Backpack Buddies, which is, again, to make sure that kids uh, have a meal on the weekend. And so I signed up to do that monthly. And a lot of people end up just coming in in December, our clients even, I got to do a charitable donation. But these charities, you know, they really do need money all year round. So I think the monthly way is better. Yes. It makes a, a lot more sense. All right. Do you have a quote to wrap up this edition of Ready, Set, Retire? I do. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And that is Winston Churchill. Very, very smart man was Winston Churchill. Yes, he was. Great stuff. Thank you. And we will be back with a final program for the year in December. Until then, I very much appreciate talking to you and always uh, have a lot of fun doing Ready, Set, Retire. So we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Sounds good, John. And that's a wrap for this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire. If you're interested in learning more or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, 604-695-LORI, 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening, and join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire.
The comments and opinions expressed in this podcast are the result of work done by Lori Pinkowski. They may differ from the opinion of Canaccord Genuity's research and should not be considered as representative of Canaccord's beliefs, opinions, or recommendations. All views expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management is a division of Canaccord Genuity Corp., member of the CIPF and IROC.